Okay, now shut up me with my perfect intro song. I have just come about a huge bombshell of news. Well, it's not news, it's just information to me. That I have been lying to myself. My ears have been lying to me for over half of my life time. Mm. And this is in regards to the Newfound Glory song, My Friends Over You. So, we're... Fucking hitting the ground running. We're just on going this straight one. for it. We're going straight for it. Well, this is Punk Goes Pod, the weekly podcast that chronicles the Fearless Records Punk Go series. But also, right now, shut up, me. This is all about Newfound Glory. I didn't realize that what he was saying in that song was, "I'm going to pick my friends over you." Yes. I as... thought it was him saying that my friend, he is over you. You know that comic where it's like there's a finch and like a crow or something, and the finch tries to say something and then the crow is just like blah and like that's how I'm feeling right now yeah I am that finch oh the one where <laughs> where it's like the finch tries to talk and the finch is just like no the finch tries to talk and the crow is just like yeah over the top yes well I, I promise not to be like that but seriously has there ever been anything that you have like told yourself because I listened I was listening to Newfound Glory. I was listening to this song when I was 14 years old. I am now a 30-year-old man. So 16 years, I've told myself that it's a friend. He is telling this girl that his friend is over her. Not that he is over her and he's going to pick his friends over her. So, I am an editor as a profession. Uh, Spelling and grammar, that is my wheelhouse for the most part. Except for when I fuck up every now and then. You have no idea how badly I want to interrupt you right now. Like now. Sorry. Would you like to say something? No, no, no. Say it. No, I, no, I was just going to say, I was just going to blurt out that I, at 14, wasn't looking at punctuation and grammar in my punk, pop punk titles. As I was saying. So, yes, editorial matters are very important to me, but if you look at the title of the song, My Friends Over You, you will notice there is no apostrophe to be seen. So... Denoting that there is no possession there. Well, yeah. That, uh, friends is plural with no apostrophe in yeah. sight. So, my friends over you. And then, of course, the issue was compounded by the fact that you thought he said, I still think my friends over you. That's that good. Thank you for reminding me. Yes, I did. I did used to think he would. He said at the end of the chorus, I still think my friends not over you, not as you have just informed me, I still pick my friends over you. I think we should play a snippet of the song here to give some context and also because I like to make your life difficult. <laughs> You've got editing duties as well now. Yeah, so. I'm happy to do that. All so. right. Yeah. I am quite amused by the fact that, like, the lack of a comma... Not a comma, Jesus. Apostrophe. <laughs> See? I'm only human. Like, I can only copy edit so much stuff. Um, the lack of an apostrophe plus 
the I still pick my friends over you. I... Ah, that's very funny to me. The funny thing about misheard lyrics is that it's misheard lyrics by a lot of people. This is just me. I was the idiot that misheard it, and I'm the only idiot who misheard it. Well, I'm sure you're not the only one, and listeners, if any of you made the same mistake or have made a similar mistake to a similar genre of band that would be relevant to this podcast, write in and let us know. That was also, it kind of surprised me, because I used to read the lyrics at that time in my life. (laughs) I used to always read that. So I, it must have just at some point, I was like, no, I can understand what he's saying. Yeah. Old Mr. Glory and his newfoundness. What are those? Is it called? Actually, no. I remember there was, oh my God. So I was just fiddling with a pen. So you probably just got some weird ASMR shit in there. Um, oh, the way that she was touching the pen to her <laughs> fingernails was so scrapingly delicious. So I remember Spicks and Specks, which for non-Australian listeners was basically like, what's that? It's a, it's a music quiz show this is going off the rails very fast there's also that um we also don't have a lot of content for this one so what's the uh music trivia show i don't know it's irrelevant we're going to edit that bit out no i'm going to edit it out because i'm editing this thing you do you have now picked up the editing duties oh sub-editing because you you'll you'll have your edits i'll have my edits that's what we can do we can have exclusivity like sam edits and emma edits and we can sell them 50 cents a piece and i've realized now that if you're also doing the editing that i'm basically useless in this whole thing so (laughs) i've got nothing (laughs) if you come from a country that has a music trivia show let us know (laughs) Oh my god. I'm just going to let you keep talking until you get tired. Finally, this is, what I've, this is what I've always wanted. Oh my god. A podcast that's just me. This, uh... It's currently almost about to hail outside, so... Hey, sit in front of the fire, get yourself cosy, and tuck yourself in and listen to us talk about... Punk songs. And punk jumps. This this episode has just majorly gone out the window, I feel. How's your week been? Oh, I failed a driving test again. <laughs> it sucks. You will get it. But at the same time, I've also been failing to get this very podcast onto iTunes. So oh, We're just failing left, right and centre. I have I have two failed submissions and I'm still and I'm waiting for my current submission is still pending. Should we, like, wait until this hail goes away? So, what I was trying to say before was that that phenomenon of you hearing my friends... Fuck, no. I still think my friends over you, as opposed to I still pick my friends over you. That is called a Mondegreen. Oh. Just a fun little trivia fact for you. I didn't realise that that had a name. So, it is a mishearing or misinterpretation of a phrase as a result of near... I don't know if I'd say homophony or homophony. Hang on. I hope it's homophony. Let's see. Homophony sounds like... Sounds like a a lolly that old people eat. (laughs) And only old people. Like, really? Like, just one of those shit lollies that they keep in their pocket. and and, And you're like, hey... Well, my, my grandparents were Nanny and Grampy and Nana, and it's like, 
Oh, hey, Nanny, do you have some lollies? Yeah, I've got some homophonies. Uh, I'm fine. <laughs> it's like that meme of, like, we have homophonies at home. Yeah. Um, so, on the topic, I, I'm just going to double check that's how you pronounce it. I love, whenever I can't figure out the pronunciation of a word, I just Google it. And then, usually, the first result that comes back is a YouTube series that's by a user called Emma saying. So I'm always just like, oh, it's just for me. Yes. How does Emma pronounce things? So just give me a second. I'm going to figure out once and for all. Sam just opened his mouth to speak and I was like, no. Hang on. Homophony. Excellent. So it is homophony. Very good. Homophony. Yes, lady, we get it. So... Yes, homophony. Now let me go back to Mondegreen because I love that word and also I just love the phenomenon of it. So, according to Wikipedia, a mishearing or misinterpretation of a phrase as a result of near homophony in a way that gives it a new meaning. Mondegreens are most often created by a person listening to a poem or a song. The listener, being unable to clearly hear a lyric, substitutes words that sound similar and make some kind of sense. American writer Sylvia Wright coined the term in 1954, writing that as a girl she had misheard the lyric and laid him on the green in a Scottish ballad as and Lady Mondegreen. Ah. So I guess a, 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 probably a famous example of it is the Taylor Swift Starbucks Lovers. Yeah. Yeah. What's the actual lyric? So it's got a long list of ex-lovers. A long list of ex-lovers. But I remember it being, yeah, like... Starbucks lovers. Um, Don't you have earrings that say Starbucks lovers? I have a necklace that says Starbucks lovers in the Starbucks font and logo style. Shout out to Cassie for getting me that for my birthday because I love it. Um, Yeah, so that's one. And then Purple Haze, Jimi Hendrix, excuse me while I kiss this guy. Yeah. Um, Apparently he actually... It is excuse me while I kiss this guy, isn't it? Not kiss the sky. No, because I'm I'm pretty sure he pointed to a guy in the crowd when he said that. Uh, is this a joke that I'm not understanding? I'm pretty sure it's fact. No, it's kiss this. It's excuse me while I kiss the sky. I'm pretty sure there was like a, a case where he did that. Well, I fine. mean, well, like when I went and saw Casey Musgraves a while ago, and she's got a song "Golden Hour," like "You're My Golden Hour," and then just for shits and giggles, she threw in "Golden Showers" at one point, which was very funny. Ah. So maybe that's what he was doing, was sort of, he understood that that's a thing that people were mishearing, and so he was like, well, cool, let's do this. And of course, a golden shower is when you shower with your goldfish. Yeah. 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 Or when you construct a shower entirely out of gold. Yeah. That seems a bit wasteful. Anyway. What song are we doing? Actually, no. How was your week? Christ, what are we... I've already told you about my test. You've told me about Apple. Oh, just constantly failing to get the podcast up on iTunes. So SoundCloud works perfectly fine, but Apple, mm-mm. We keep getting rejected for it. So, hey, maybe by the time you're actually listening to this episode seven weeks from now, we'll actually have caught up and gotten it onto iTunes. Maybe you're still listening to it on SoundCloud. Who knows? Wherever you're listening, we appreciate you. Yeah. (laughs) This episode is not going well. (laughs) It's going great. Oh my god. I don't know about you, but I still think my friend's into this. So, the song that we're doing this week is Love Song by the band Tesla. (laughs) 
which I immediately just think of Elon Musk. Elon Musk? Elon? Elon. I just immediately think of Elon Musk. And that's that's about as far as the thought experiment goes. And I'm just like, yep. That uh, must be his favourite band. It has to be his favourite band. It's contractually in his contract. He has to... If he's going to name his car Tesla... Isn't his company called Tesla? Yes. If he's going to name his company Tesla, his favourite band has to be Tesla. Why would he have a contract? He a contract for what? For, for living. <laughs> sure. For living. Because they, they, they went to him and were like, Hey, if you're going to name it Tesla, then we have to you have to claim that our band is your favorite band talk a bit while i lower the shades because the sun's getting in my oh eyes. my god but you're the one who does the talking well I'm... i do do the talking but sometimes i need to lower the shades because the sun's in my eyes this is what i live with guys this is your life <laughs> it... obviously i wouldn't change it for anything but this is this is it so, this band, Tesla, yes. they are a... I don't know what you would really call them. Their Wikipedia page sort of has them labelled as kind of a couple of different genres. It's like The sheer fact that this, the cover that we'll be talking about appears on Punk Goes Metal. I remember when I first heard the song, I was like, oh, this isn't... I get the feeling that it's a bit loose with the term, but they couldn't call it Punk Goes... Punko stadium rock, power ballads, metal, yeah, hair metal. that's true. And maybe a little bit of whatever the hell Guns N' Roses is. They couldn't call it that. That's a mouthful. So they yeah. just called it metal because it's easy to say. Yeah, to me, like, when I... Because I was like, oh, God, like, metal, I'm going to be completely out of my depth in that because I just immediately pictured the type of metal that you listen to, Sam. Um, yeah, I, I have never ever heard of this band tesla but their video has the video for this song has something crazy like 50 million views yeah uh i've never heard them being breathed in the same vein as and i'm going to put them in with bands that i kind of consider them to be you know what do you call it when you're um counterparts yep yep um you know bands like contemporary contemporary that's the word i was looking for bands like your van halen's your I guess Motley Crue, Alice yeah, Cooper in the yeah. 80s, maybe Aerosmith. They're sort of like straddling the line of sort of hard rock, very soft sort of radio-friendly metal. I don't know, but I've never heard, I've never seen anyone wearing a Tesla shirt. I've never heard anyone go, yeah, Tesla was my inspiration. I've never even, it's never even come up in like, when I do go through some early metal like it's never come up as like hey here's a band that you might be interested in i've never heard of this band up until last week it's obviously just a product well obvious obviously um i suspect it's a product of like the tesla phenomenon just didn't make it to australia slash new zealand very likely yeah i feel like that's obviously just a gap in pop culture that just it didn't get here yeah because, yeah, it's one of those... Like, usually you can be like, oh, yeah, I've heard of them. But, like, I literally had never heard of them. And, like, not even in a sense of, like, that seems vaguely... From, like, I just... Yeah. No. So, I, I find that really interesting. I, I love when that happens, but it also makes me feel slightly unsettled. Because it's like, where... Like, <laughs> what happened? Where were we? So... And, and yeah, I don't want to... I don't want to be that guy. Like, heavy metal 
its fan base very much is into gatekeeping. Oh my god! And I it is that. very much like I could see people going, "Well, this they're not metal." You know, I'm not that person that's going to say what is and what isn't metal because it's probably the most diverse genre of music out there besides electronic music. And yes. I'm so old. I'm just labeling it all as electronic music. That's your techno. That's your EDM. That's your house music. Whatever. I you do realize those are three separate genres that you've... How is it separate genres? It's all made on a computer. Well, the same way that this is metal and Black Dahlia Murder is metal. Exactly, though. So okay, like, so we're essentially arguing the same point. Yes. Like, <laughs> like, I'm just saying, like, those two, those two genres of music... Yes. And I'm saying that... They're both the most expe- probably the most expansive types of music with their subgenres. Gotcha. Yep. 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 Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, this is metal to someone, and it's not metal to someone else. Mm. And I'm not that guy that's going to say yes or no to what is and what isn't metal. So I have no problem with this being on the Punk Goes Metal album. I'm sure some idiot out there does have a problem with it. And I'm sorry for calling you an idiot, but hey, it's just music. You don't need to be so protective over it. And also stop being an idiot. Stop being... (laughs) Yes, stop being an idiot. I watched a video the other day by this guy called Jared Dines. Mm -hmm. And he has a series where he plays the guitar and looks at at guitars and whatnot. And he went up... He went to a festival and his thing was he's asking people who are wearing band shirts, he's going up to them and being like, can you name three songs from that band? And, like, yeah, a lot of people were like, a lot of people were just like, dude, you just come up to me and then, and, or like, hey, I'm drunk, or, and, like, one girl's wearing a tool shirt and she's just like, I'm gonna play the privileged white girl card and just walk away from you right now. Yeah. And the best part is one guy who's wearing a protest the hero shirt gets asked the question and he starts from the eps their early days and starts in track order listing the tracks and it's just like the video keeps coming back to this guy (laughs) and i just wanted someone to turn around to him and go fuck you can you name three songs from this band i don't care i'm wearing the shirt i'm showing them some support I will cop to being that shithead when I was a kid. Oh, absolutely. Like, walking past someone in a Ramones shirt and being like, oh, I bet you couldn't, like... Not to them, because I was a coward, but, like... But these days, it's just like, who gives a shit? Who who actually gives a flying fuck? The same way that, like, people sort of argue, like, oh, to have a tattoo, it has to have meaning. It's like, nah, man. Like, I got this tattoo of a dragon because it looks sick. Like... I primarily listen to my music through Spotify. I listen to... I listen to most of my metal while I'm sitting at this computer writing. Yeah. And I will find an album or I'll find a band or I'll, I'll hear from, I'll hear about a band from like the, the banger TV uh, web series and I'll listen to the band. I'm not then scouring their, their track listing. I'm not going through their lyrical content. I'm not looking at the band members. But if it's a band that I really like and that I keep that I want to keep listening to their album, hell yeah, I want to wear their shirt. Yeah, and usually because the artwork is sick. Yeah. What's the most removed you've been from an artist whose merch you've owned? If that um, makes sense. I mean, this year I've been buying a lot of stuff from you know artists that I've sort of only just gotten into. Yeah. But like 
I bought a Bell Witch shirt. I went and saw Bell Witch live last year. That's I, cool. Like, that I, makes sense. I can name you the entire track listing of their album, Mirror Reaper. I'd prefer that you didn't, but the, sure. Okay. <laughs> track number one. No. Mirror Reaper. Cool. And then that ends, because the only track for that one album is Mirror Reaper. Ah, I see. Yeah. I oh. was doing a bit. That's... And you kind of played into it. <laughs> Without even meaning to. Well, I, I, you know, I bought the Devil Master, my Devil Master shirt. Yep. But I, I listen, keep listening to that album and their EP. I keep listening to that. Yeah. Wind, Wind Hand, I keep listening to them. Yep. I did buy a Him shirt when I was like 14. <laughs> and it had the Hardogram and everything. And I oh. wasn't really that into Him. I, I loved that Hardogram though. It was such a poignant yeah, symbol. Yeah. And you still see people around about our age that have the heartogram tattoo. Yeah, that's very funny to me. I, I I think I wanted to be into him. Yeah, I remember thinking, like, the heartogram is so cool. Why is the band not as cool as the heartogram? And, like, Vil, Vil Valo, Villy Valo. Vil, I think. Vil Valo. He had an air of mystique to him as yeah. well. He was... He was something, there was something really cool about him. And then he was hanging out with Bear Margier and it's like, Maybe you're not as cool as I mm. thought you were. I remember listening to Wings of a Butterfly and that's it. And I was like, this is a cool song. And then anything beyond that, I was just like, yeah. They did a cover of um, Wicked Game by Chris Isaac. Oh, what? That's yeah. so cool. So oh. maybe one day. One day. Although I was doing the math the other day. And at this point, we'll be doing this for about five years. <laughs> I think it was. Well, it was like 2024 or something that we're expected oh, to finish. Oh, shit. I'll be dead by then. No, you... No, don't say that. Oh, shit. Knock on wood. Yes. Knock on wood. But no, so Tesla. I I didn't necessarily, and it's probably going to be the case a bit throughout this series where I don't initially like the song, but then I kind of come around to the song. It's a character arc. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I mean, I'd put this over... It's a a power ballad. I'd put it over um, Every Rose Has Its Thorn by Poison. Yeah. I'd put it over that. I kind of enjoy that. And it's, yeah, it does sort of, it's sort of the music that kind of led into the music that I would eventually listen to, but I wouldn't necessarily listen to it. The closest I would get to this kind of music was I had a very brief flirtation with Motley Crue. I liked like two of their songs and I read a couple of the books about them. Um, I still think Van Halen's pretty sick. The closest I've ever gotten to this sort of music is, and it's not really similar, but kind of close, is Twisted Sister. What I'd, about Judas Priest? Do they sound a bit like... They're not as chill as this. No. But it's just that, whoa, sort of like... Yeah, and I'm not going to... I'm not going to... I can... I, can I want please? to. I want to. Yeah, I want to. I think to. you should. I want to. So then do I'm it. I'm going to blow up the microphone if I do, though. Do it. Do the Rob Halford. Do it. Maybe no. I'll save it for when we actually do talk about Judas Priest on this podcast. Oh, fine. All right. But you can just yeah, have my crap version for now. They. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They, they were they were different than that. They they were definitely a bit heavier, mm. especially when they did Painkiller. Painkiller was very heavy. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. They looked cool in their in their leather. To me, like when I hear this song, it just it. I think of, like, Bill and Ted, like, something that would be on the soundtrack. Just, like, that very sort of 80s, like, yeah, like, power ballad kind of thing. Yeah, when they needed 
like they had their sort of hair metal and their just their heavy metal stuff going on in Bill and Ted, but there needed to be that moment. There's not there's that that moment where like they don't have a, they don't have a moment where they fight in Bill and Ted, do they? They don't have like the nah. the, the breaking up and the coming back together moment. No, but, that was in real life. Oh no, it wasn't. I'm thinking of Wayne's World. Anyway, no, no one could be no one could ever break up with Keanu. Continue. But like, yeah, there's just. I feel like there is a moment in Bill and Ted where it's like they have that soft sort of, you know, maybe like a, a ballady sort of moment come through. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. It's the um, it's where they go into the. Is it the future or something? And they're in the yeah. like it's almost like a temple with like crystals and shit. Yeah, everywhere. and they're and they're doing and they're so, yeah. their, their wave is like the air guitar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We should watch Bill and Ted. I love so good. I that's one of those rare ones as well where I I like the sequel. Yeah, as well because yes. comedy sequels are usually pretty trash. Yeah, I distinctly remember being a teenager. For some reason, I had a notepad with me and I was just, like, doodling on it. But I was watching that movie and writing down, like, the funny bit. I don't know why, but I was, like, writing down just the quotes and shit from it. Like, I don't... Yeah. That was very much of a time where, like, you would go on to, like, funnyjunk.com or something and there would be, like, lists of, like, stupid quotes. So I think I was just sort of collating it for... Um, To peruse... I don't know why I was doing it anyway. That's less embarrassing than my Bill and Ted... What's the what's the word for like a story that starts with a anecdote? Anecdote. Um, I'm an editor, folks. I was scared of the the VHS box for Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey because it had because the Grim Reaper looked scary to me. Oh no! <laughs> I was I was I'm not saying that I'm a brave person now, but I was so scared of everything when I was a child that I used to get scared by box art. I was scared of the car wash. Yeah, I can't remember if I was scared. I I either was deathly terrified of the car wash or I loved the car wash. There I'm, was no in-between. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping you were terrified of it because I feel like I remember us having this discussion and I think the consensus at the time was you were scared of it, but we'd have to check that. Would it be would it be comedy poison if I called up my dad and asked him? Because he would probably remember because he used to take me into the car wash. Should we do that and add it in? No. Oh. <laughs> So I'm hoping it was the former that you were scared because that would be terribly romantic that we were both terrified of the car wash when we were kids. You know what's not terribly romantic? Saying I'm hoping that you were scared. I know, but (laughs) it's just that cute thing of like, I did that same thing. Um, And yeah, my biggest fear aside from the car wash when I was a kid was it was like a little TV mascot called the Goodnight Kiwi in New Zealand. And so the idea was like, I try and explain it to people in Melbourne. They're just like, what? Because I sort of say it's the equivalent of prime possum. And everyone's like, what the hell is that? Which, yeah, what is What the hell is that? So in rural Victoria, Australia, there is a TV channel prime or was, I think it's been absorbed. I'm not sure. Um, and they have a mascot, the prime possum who, Around about, like, 7pm, I think, like, they would bring up, like, a thing of, like, it's time for children to go to bed. Like, just a marker of, like, it's bedtime for all you young kids, so, like, good night. Like, a 
I don't know why. It was just a thing. That's so... Why did you have that in the country? I don't know. I'm, okay, I'm not accusing oh, you. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying that you're lying or anything. I'm just baffled because we did not have anything like that. We live in the same state. I know. We... I mean, you weren't born in the same state, but no. like... As by the time I was eight years old, you were living over here. We were lived in the same state. Yeah. And as children, we experienced such different things. So, yeah. Like, I try and say to people, oh, it was basically prime possum. So, anyway, that's what prime possum is. And so, the goodnight kiwi was the equivalent of that. So... Just say, go, go to bed, kids. It's well, time for your parents to watch Basic Instinct. Hey. So, it was... Yeah, it was essentially like... And I think goodnight kiwi was more of a generic one. Like, I think... Back in the days when TV channels would shut for the night, like they would stop broadcasting, because TV never used to, like it wasn't always a twenty-four hour thing. No, it didn't always used to be, but no. I think in our lifetime it always has been. Yes, but prior to our yeah. lifetime, the Goodnight Kiwi I think existed as a thing of like this is the end of our transmission for the night. Good night. Yeah. So see that makes sense. Yes, and so it was an animation of a kiwi who was like kiwi, the bird, not the fruit. Um, <laughs> well, he kiwi is a kiwi, so good night kiwi is a kiwi. Um, so yeah, good night kiwi would like trundle off to the TV studio and like switch off some things and then get ready for bed and go to bed and like good night and then like end transmission. But then it essentially turned into like I'm pretty sure I'd have to check, but like I'm pretty sure it turned into a thing of like good night kiwi for kids. So like at a kid's bedtime. They would then broadcast Goodnight Kiwi as like a time for bed, like sleep well kind of thing. And I don't like, I've looked it up as an adult and it is the cutest thing. And for some reason I was terrified of it. It is pretty cute. And yeah, (laughs) my parents always crack up because like they used to be able to use that as like leverage because like I hated, (laughs) I hated going to bed. Like I was such a night owl. There's a picture of me when I was like two or something and I'm like holding onto the bars of my cot and just screaming my head off because I did not want to go to bed but then when I was terrified of the goodnight kiwi they could sort of be like oh oh I think the goodnight kiwi's on I'd be like oh my god okay goodnight oh I'll see you. like <laughs> and yeah I just I love how kids have that really irrational fear of things because car wash and goodnight kiwi like fuck those things they were so terrifying but I love like car Ki- goodnight kiwi is adorable and Car washes are fine. I nearly said the goodnight car wash. Um. <laughs> Did I share my, how do you say it, anecdote? Anecdotal. An, 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 anecdote. Mm-hmm. Did I share the one of on the podcast of mum painting the house in anti-ghost paint? No, that's so cute. Or did I just tell you that? I think you just told me that. Can you tell everyone that? So I was scared of ghosts and Ronald (laughs) McDonald. Because again, I was scared of everything. To be fair, Ronald Ronald McDonald is revolting. Yeah. Yeah. But my parents... I'm going to get sued by McDonald's now, aren't I? Oh, well. It's a matter of opinion. Yeah, that's true. Uh, My parents, one day when I came home from school, claimed that they painted the entire house in anti-ghost paint. (laughs) Aww. And anti-Ronald McDonald paint. <laughs> this is a brick house, by the way, so you, you couldn't really paint it. Well, it's invisible and, paint, though. And when I said to when I said to my mum, can I see the can? She said, oh, no, you don't need to. It's it's invisible paint, so it just looks like glue or whatever. 
So yeah, kids. That's very cute. I kind of that's the only re- that's the only thing that I wish we had a child for is that we could lie to them. But we do have a child. Yeah, but he doesn't understand my lies. That's true. I lie to him all the time. I say you are the nicest boy in the world, boss. <laughs> boss sees ghosts though, so clearly we need to yeah, get a tin of ghost-proof he, paint. But he doesn't stop the ghosts. So. That, that is true. Tesla. Yeah. Uh, tell me how my notes are this week. Tell me if they're a little less Wikipedia-esque. I mean, we're going to be able to tell pretty soon. Like, if you're talking in full sentences that make sense, then your notes are pretty thorough. But if you have to spitball off them, then that's... Well, all right. So they began <laughs> in 1981 yes. in Sacramento, Sac- Sacramento. Sacramento, California. Initially under the name Earthshaker, then City Kid. With two Ds. With two Ds. That tells you that they're rad. Yeah. With two Ds. And finally settling with Tesla. Now, I know two things about Sacramento. Mm. My favourite wrestling podcast going in Raw comes from Sacramento. That's such an awful name for a podcast. It is. And in the, in the start of their intro, they have wrestlers actually saying, like, you're listening to going in Raw. And they have one of them, Charlotte Flair, and she's like, you're listening to Going In Raw, and then she's like, that sounds terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and the film Lady Bird was filmed in Sacramento. Oh, of course. And I I remember think I remember that movie was brilliant, but I only remember that she didn't like Sacramento. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I remember about Lady Bird. Yeah. And I feel like it's one of those movies that's like, yeah, that movie was really good, but I also don't need to see it again. Exactly. It was adorable, but also like, yeah. okay. Uh, so, they were once, or still are, signed to Tesla Electric Company Recordings. I couldn't really figure that out mm. by the Wikipedia page. Yes. But the funny thing is about Tesla Electric Company Recordings, they only put out Tesla albums. I was doing a quick Google of Tesla Electric Company Recordings before, because I was like, this has got to be a weird Elon Musk thing that he has, like, signed them in recent years because they're called Tesla and he's like, yes. Because they're his favourite band, because they have to be. Yes, per the life contract. Um, But to me, yeah, like, I was like, what the hell is, like, this is such an oddly specific thing. I googled them and I couldn't find any, like, actual, like, they don't seem to have, like, a website that you can go to, like, the record label. Yeah, I can't actually find a website for it. So it, it may or may not exist. The Tesla Electric Recording... Company. Uh, Tesla, Tesla Electric Company Recordings. I mean, it exists, but I just... I don't understand in what... Yeah, what ...capacity. Is it like, I'm still not... Un, I'm still not fully convinced that it's not something that Elon Musk is doing. It's it's a vanity project where he he releases, like audiobooks just him reading audiobooks or something yeah i don't know <laughs> it's interesting but because hey he's a fun guy he smoked weed on the joe rogan podcast oh, hilarious even though tesla has a very stringent anti-drug policy yes or like drug testing policy that's right yeah but he's allowed to because he's the ceo anyway they if it is Funny, though, if you do go into the Tesla website... Meaning the band. Meaning the band. um, They have a link set up to the website for Nikola Tesla. So, good on them. Yeah. Nikola Tesla is a 
they do want they want you to be informed and i i there's something so that is very endearing that is so endearing yeah yeah it, it, they they come across as good guy band yeah they come across as dad band like yeah cool dad band cool dad band or like slightly daggy dad band but like cool yeah yeah they they've done lots of charity functions including a concert a free concert for a canned food drive a benefit show after a nightclub caught fire and a rally for the oh here's another thing i know about sacramento they have a nba team the sacramento kings and the concert was to celebrate the team staying in the city for one more year that's very cute because uh they talk about it sometimes on the going in raw podcast that it's like yeah maybe the kings are gonna leave at yeah. some point we don't know they might go somewhere else but yeah the song mm-hmm. love song came from the album the great radio controversy released in 1989 it didn't do crash hot but it, you know it, it reached the charts well i guess it did better than than you know a lot it reached number 18 in the billboard 200 chart mm-hmm. and number seven in the mainstream rock tracks chart as in so love song reached that but not the album no the album reached number 18 yes in the billboard 200 chart Love Song reached number seven in the mainstream rock track charts and 18 in the Billboard 100. That's pretty good. Yeah. You know, it's it's 82 better than a lot of other bands. No, it's... Whatever. No, that's right. 82. Okay, cool. I don't know. Yeah. I did my mum proud with that one. Eight, yeah, nine, wait, 92, 3, 4, 5, 6. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So... Have we actually spoken about our thoughts on the song? Given our thoughts on the song? Not so much... Well, I guess because we've given our thoughts on the band, which by extension, I guess, gives our thoughts on the song because this is literally the only exposure I've had to them. You listened to the album It's From in full. I did, actually. I Usually I, I, I find a song on Spotify, like the top song on Spotify, and listen to that and that only. I was like, I'll just give it a go, and I listened to the entire album. So what do you think? It's perfectly decent hard rock heavy metal from the 80s yeah it's it's not something i will probably listen to again but it also didn't offend my ears and yeah you know i can sort of listen to it and go okay yeah i can see where you know metal was a bit different back then and yeah it's fine it's no like it it's good Mm mm-hmm I, I think I'm more indeed to the people than the actual song. Yeah. They seem like they seem like good dudes. They do seem like good dudes. Isn't that what it should all be about? It's just good dudes. Just guys being dudes. Guys being dudes. Yeah. No. Apologies if I'm being very low energy for some reason. Like, I just feel like my brain is threatening to shut down in this cold weather. And also, I didn't do any research for this episode, so... All the facts that you're hearing, except for Mondegreens, is from Sam. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, no, I just, I think it's, it's a perfectly fine, it's like, radio-friendly kind of stadium rock ballad. Yes. Um, the music video is, it's a basic live performance of the song, performed at the former Cal Expo Amphitheatre in their hometown of Sacramento. Of course. 
the band with the radio station Old Rock 93 put on put out a competition where the fan with the best sign for Tesla, Old Rock 93, and Love Song would win a free backstage pass. I wonder if that person is still out there. So, so the parameters of this competition were there three prizes? So, like, the best Tesla sign, the best Old Rock 93 sign, the best Love Song sign? I believe that had to have all three on the... On the sign. God, that's a bit gauche. Tesla, Old Rock 93, love song. Oof. Yeah. Whoever can put those together without it looking ridiculous deserves a prize. For instance, a free backstage pass. Well, there you go. I'd love to know. I'd love to know. I'd love to meet someone who has won one of these backstage pass prizes. Yeah. Just Just to hear, like, what you actually experienced. Yeah, I love, like, on Reddit every now and then, ask Reddit, like, it's just a cesspool of repeated questions, but I am always, like, morbidly intrigued by those ones where it's like, people who have won, like, hang out with celebrity prizes, like, what was it actually like? Like, were they what you thought they were? Blah, blah, blah. And, like, as much as you try not to buy into that whole, like, celebrity industrial complex, it's fascinating to just hear those anecdotes i get the feeling that that's sort of dropped off oh my god the, yeah. like in in our day and age because that person can record stuff that person yeah. can then get on a platform on the internet somehow and and say yeah this person was an absolute dick yeah whereas if you know in 1989 if you want a free backstage pass and the band was like yeah we just performed a show and like we have to entertain you now and no we're not in the mood for that it's just one person's it's just one person's account of the story. Yeah. And, yeah. I must admit, like... Because I've met... God. So I met, in air quotes, My Chemical Romance when they did a signing for Danger Days. So it was literally just, like, a line of people. We had wristbands. You just sort of went, like, filed through, like, one by one. You could, like, shake their hand and, like, get them to sign your thing. And I always forget that it actually happened because it was that minor of a meeting. Yeah. But, like, I remember being so nervous about it, but then also so relieved that they were just normal dudes. Like, if anything, they were a bit subdued, but it's like, can you blame them? Because they're basically having to deal with, I think it was, like, a hundred of us. Because it was, like, a... Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, But, yeah. Like, can you blame them? Because it was essentially, like, a hundred versions of, oh, my God, I love you so much. You saved my life. Thank you. Like... That must be a lot to take on from a fan. Like, just that emotional weight of, without your music, I don't know what would have happened. So, yeah, it's perfectly understandable that when I said hello to Gerard Way, he was probably just like, hey, how are you going? Like, I always love when people are like, to, to bands that write depressing lyrics, just bet people that are like, you saved my life. It's like, well, it makes sense, because you can l- know that someone else feels or felt the same way that you did and i mean i guess it's like I'm a vicarious not, thing i guess i'm not okay i promise is that anthem for like hey yeah like sometimes we do have shit in our brain that's not good yeah you know i hear you yeah like it, so yeah any like i guess the point i'm getting at is so yeah like i have met some people oh henry Rollins. i was gonna say you're forgetting the best one that was but that's the thing is like I we'll get onto that in a second. I've been very fortunate in that the heroes of mine that I've met have been 
kind if not neutral like it hasn't been one of those things where my world has been shattered because i met someone and they turned out to be a massive dick does that make sense yeah yeah like again bragging about the fact that i've had a phone conversation with patrick from fallout boy for that article that i wrote i am very relieved that it wasn't pete for instance because that could have ended (laughs) so badly and it could have just ruined yeah my high school but patrick was lovely he was wonderful i just ah, so nice and we met henry rollins we did would you like to talk about that one because that was a very exciting night it was really exciting so we went and saw him with our friend jason shout outs to jace him doing his um his talking spoken word spoken word yes um and because jason has that so he's he's toured with bands he's driven bands Mm -hmm. he's um he's done it all pretty much and he sort of had that he has a knack for yeah knowing like he'll know sort of like where the exits would be for like bands and stuff so and he was just like hey why don't we just hang out back for a while and see what happens and so like us and a group of like 15 other people And yeah, inevitably he did come out and he came out and hung out with us for, not us three personally, but like with us collectively. It would have been for like the better part of an hour, I reckon. It was a long time. Yeah. It was, for a guy who just stood on stage talking for two hours straight, didn't take a sip of water. Yeah. Stood in the one spot and just talked. And then he still had the patience to then give each person a little bit of time. I yeah. don't remember what I said to him because I was so fucking nervous. But yeah. all I remember is Jason giving him a like a handshake. Yeah, because he was he was completely cool and I wasn't. I remember asking him for a hug and he was like, like "Sure, like I get like you can tell yeah. you're sort of like what okay and like that was fine." But we do have a picture of us with him. We do so and just classic like Rollins like Hank just stone faced. Yeah. While we're both sort of next to him, like, shit-eating grins, yeah. like, oh my god, like, <laughs> whereas Jason managed to get him to crack a smile, which was very funny. Yeah. But he's just, he was very... Well, there was, so, like, was... one case was there was a girl who was in a wheelchair, and he's obviously, because he comes over here a lot, he's obviously met her a few times. Yeah. And he was just, like, he was just almost admonishing her for not actually, like, reaching out to him and being like, hey, like, I'm here. Yeah. Like, he was just sort of like, why didn't you, why didn't you come and say something to me? Why didn't you, why am I meeting you this way? Why am I seeing you now this way? Why yeah. didn't you, why didn't you, you have my email. Why didn't you email me or something? Like, it was just like, it was sort of like, it was sort of like reprimanding, but in the sweetest way possible. Yeah. Like it was, yeah, he's just a very welcoming, friendly person. Like it was a lovely conversation that each of us got to have with him. Like even if it was something as mundane as, Oh my god, I love your work. Oh, thank you so much. Like, he gave everyone that time. And then, yeah, like, it was just lovely. And then, funnily enough, a few months ago, I was in Brunswick, I think it was, and just in a shop with a couple of friends. And this guy just comes, like, bursting through the door, sort of almost out of breath. And he's like, I just met Henry Rollins. (laughs) And I was just like, wait, what? And like, everyone was like, oh my God, what? And so this guy, like he was honestly wiping tears from his eyes because he'd obviously just been minding his own business, wandering down Brunswick Street. So Fitzroy, actually, 
wandering down Brunswick Street, Henry was obviously in town he for, something. for some reason. And because he loves Australia, he loves Melbourne, he comes over here quite a lot yeah. just for pleasure as well as for work. And yeah, obviously just bumped into Henry Rollins and is obviously a massive Black Flag slash Rollins fan. And again, just obviously had a delightful encounter with him. And it was just so cute seeing like this dude in like his mid, like probably mid forties, mid fifties, just come busting in and be like, oh my God, like, it was just so sweet. And then part of me felt compelled to like go out and look for him. But then at the same time, it's like, you I've ha- already... you've, you've had that perfect encounter. With exactly. Him. And I would hate to be that person who then is like sprinting down the street and be like, Henry, like, yeah. and like grab, like, it's not my place to do that. No. And so, yeah, just that cult of personality, like that celebrity thing is so fascinating. Like, yeah. Anyway. If we're doing this, if we're talking about celebrity encounters. Yes. I, because I won't be able to talk about it again for like another five years. Yes. I briefly shared, a, I briefly silently shared a moment with the lead singer of the Black Dahlia Murder, Trevor. Yes. As we both watched the band Psychroptic. Yes. And I wanted to say something to him, but I didn't. Oh. And by the time that I decided what I was going to say, I turned back around and he was gone. Oh. And it was kind of like, if I, I could have, I could have said something and he could have just given me nothing. Yeah. I could have come across as an absolute tool, <laughs> but you know, he could have also looked down at my leg, which has a black Dahlia murder yeah. tattoo. I was wearing shorts that night. He could have seen that. He could have, yeah, I don't know. He might, he wouldn't have even known that I was there. But just the fact that I gave him this moment that he could just stand there and watch a band and enjoy the band. Yeah. Without me being like, oh my God, I love you so much. <laughs> Which is probably what would have, what my words would have been. Yeah. Had I, had I actually seen him. Yeah. Or had I actually spoken to him. I still very much fall victim to that thing of, I like when it comes to just projects I'm working on or bands that I listen to or things like that, like I've always been, like I was definitely like the definition of a fangirl in high school. Like when it came to my favorite bands, like I knew everything about them and like I knew who all of them were and what their lives were like and like as much as you could know. But like I still, like I have to sort of check myself now that I'm an adult. It's like that is literally just another human being. Yeah. Like if I ever met Taylor Swift, I would just probably burst into tears but it's like she is just a person yeah like, who writes music that you like and that must be so bizarre to be on the receiving end of that thing of like all these people just being like oh my god what do i say to them what are the perfect mm. words that i can craft right now to convey how much you mean to me like that's so weird i've always just had it in my mind like i don't know what i would do with say an actor but if i saw a wrestler on the street i would probably flip them their sign that they do yeah. their gesture and I'd let and I'd be on my way yeah that's all I, just to say I know who you are and I appreciate what you do and good yeah thing. and that's the thing is like but I say that to myself but I don't know what would actually happen were I to actually see yeah a, like one of my favourite wrestlers on the street yeah you know, if that's... I saw Kenny Omega on the street I might flip out and chase after him yeah and that's, like, I hate myself for being that person. Like, mm. I should just be able to be, like, cool. Like, 
I enjoy this person's work. That's cool. That's enough. Yeah. But yeah, there's always that sort of thing of like, I want to have that encounter that changes. It's like, they're not going to care. No. They're going to like, they encounter a bazillion people each day that will have the exact same thing as me. It's like, oh my goodness. Like, what can I, yeah, it's, it's weird. In a way, it's almost better to be the person who gives them nothing so that they can continue basically going on their day. Sort of like, I remember seeing on Reddit, I think it was, there was someone who, oh, they bumped into RuPaul somewhere mm. and, like, asked him for a picture. And, like, it was just some, something about the way they did it, like, because he, I, apparently he normally isn't that forthcoming with pictures, mm. like, which, understandable, I'd be pissed if, but I think, like, he was just kind of like, oh, like, you're, like, love your work would you mind if we took a picture? And he was like, all right, just make it quick. So like took like a quick selfie and then they both just parted ways. Yeah. And he was kind of like, I was very lucky in that sense. And also like, I liked that it turned out the way it did because it was just kind of, yeah, anything beyond that, it would have become a very cringy, like. Speaking of gatekeeping, what was the story this week that Rain Wilson wouldn't take a photo with a fan because he didn't because the fan didn't know rain wilson's name he just knew him as dwight yeah so he was like are you dwight and rain was like no and the guy was like oh like i'm such a huge office fan and then rain was like all right so then what's my name and he was like i don't know so then he just like it's right there in the credits though yeah it's right there in the credits and i'm sure if you're a huge fan you've seen those credits like we've seen those credits yeah hundreds of times now Mm mm-hmm you know, we we know because we've seen those credits so many times. Yeah. My favourite one of an interaction was that someone got an autograph from Mitch Hedberg and it just said, fuck you, now I'm late. <laughs> Mitch Hedberg. Aww. <laughs> Mitch. What a legend. You know what Mitch should use, should have used to keep the fans away? A ten foot pole. Hey. About that segue. Mm-hmm. So, Sam. So, Emma. Seeing as you did all the actual research this week, can you tell us a bit about Ten Foot Pole? So, the song, their cover song of Love Song features on Punk Goes Metal from the year of our Lord Y2K 2000. Mm-hmm. They kind of share similarities to um, to Tesla. They yes. kind of has they kind of almost have like a similar story in that they formed in California mm-hmm. in 1983, which is only two years after Tesla. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were formerly called Scared Straight, so mm-hmm. they were a band that had multiple names. That's a good band name, Scared Straight. Yeah, but. Um, they changed the name because they wanted to separate themselves from the straight edge movement. <laughs> yeah. I kind of get that. I, I'm i all for it and everything, but also, like, don't... Like, you don't need to shit on the way I live, live my life. 
I very much subscribed to being edge when I was a teenager, but of course I did because I couldn't drink anyway. Well, yeah, we weren't legally allowed to drink. I wasn't edge, I just didn't drink because I was scared to drink. Yeah, see, no, I did it more as, like, a personality trait. Like, I'm edge, so, like, drawing X's on my hands and stuff. Yeah. But then I grew up and became of legal age, and I decided that going to a club sounded pretty fun. Yeah, hanging out with friends and drinking is actually not too bad of a time. Which, but then, like, yeah... To not drink is equally fine. But again, like, it's not something that you should have to base your fucking personality on. No. Is what I'm getting at. No. Anyway, continue. Uh, they sort of formed to basically enter a battle of the bands held at a local skate rink in Simi Valley, California. Isn't that kind of the most, like, yeah, I guess skate punk way of forming a band? I guess so. To enter a battle of the bands at a skate rink. It just gives me, like, secondhand... Well, not secondhand. It would, like, just leftover cringe from that high school band that forms in your high school and you're madly in love with one of them and you go and watch all of their practices and... I desperately now want to write a script for a movie that is about a, a band that has to enter a battle of the bands to save a local skate rink. And it's set in the 80s. I was going to say, that's surely been done before, hasn't it? Oh, there's like... I'm pretty sure there's heaps of them that's like, i got to win the snowboard race yeah. to save the lodge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So good. I love... I know that the 70s and the 90s are probably the best time for cinema, but I love the 80s because it was the most daring time for cinema. That's when you had... That's when you had a movie about a town that forbid dancing. How do you forbid dancing? But I don't care because Kevin Bacon's got moves. He does. Kevin Bacon had moves. As I said, they changed their name to 10-foot pole to separate themselves from the straight edge movement. I love that it's like, well, what can we use to... What sort of name can we use to, like, separate ourselves from the straight edge movement? I wouldn't touch the straight edge movement with a 10-foot pole. There it is. (gasps) (laughs) That is very good. Uh, and this is kind of wild. Original vocalist, original vocalist, vocalist Scott Radinsky left the band to follow a career in professional baseball, playing for the Chicago White Sox, the LA Dodgers, St. Louis Cardinals, and finishing up with the Cleveland Indians. And he is the current vocalist for the punk band Pulley. That's cool. Like he he started the band Pulley in like ninety three or ninety four, while he was also playing baseball. Imagine being talented at, like, one thing, let alone multiple things, like... <laughs> I want to... I'm... I want to know if they're... I mean, I guess that's, like, when actors do it. Yeah, So, like, true. I guess Jared like... Leto, 30 Seconds to Mars. <laughs> yep. But in a, in a better example is Keanu Reeves playing the bass for his band. I know I knew that, but it still surprises me. It, I just love the fact that whenever it's, whenever it's an actor that does... A band or does a music project. Of course they're the singer. Of course they're the person in the forefront. But because Keanu Reeves is the best person alive, he's the bass player. Yeah. I, that's... Yeah. Because so that's I, even a step down from drumming. Like, it, to me, that's that screams like, yeah, I know that I'm a film star, but you're, <laughs> yeah. everyone else here is the star. I do like that um, Jason Schwartzman was the drummer for Phantom Planet. Yeah. That always kills me. Like, the fact that I'm... Because he would have he would have already done Rushmore by then, so he would have already been acting. Yeah, probably. Because when so. did when did California 
When was California released? Because uh, Rushmore was around about 98, I want to say. Um, Hang on, let me... I think he was pretty young in that as well. No, it wasn't Wes Anderson's first film, but it was... Yeah, so... California was released in 2002. Yeah, so he would have already would have already done and it. And yeah, he was one of the songwriters for it. That's hilarious. Like So that that's that, so while he was doing movies, he'd also he, like co-penned like one of the most iconic TV theme songs. Like not that it was written for TV, but But he's every time that that every time an episode of that was on television, he was getting royalties for it. Yeah, that's yeah. nuts. Good on you, Jason Schwartzman. Uh, I love was... bored to death. Oh my gosh, so good. We could watch the entire series of Bored to Death in an afternoon as well. We should. So, what do you think of Ten Foot Pole's cover of Love Song? I like it. Tesla. Yeah. It also, like, it starts off with the with the sort of twangy guitar intro, but then it comes in and it's, it's a pretty, it's, yeah, it's, it's got that sort of, like, it, it kind of sounds like 90s punk, 90s yeah. skate punk. Um even though they were formed in 83. To me, this sort of epitomizes what punk goes is intended to be. Yeah. Is like punk bands in a very punk sense of the word playing scrappy punk covers yeah. of Scrappy's songs. the best word for it as well. I hate that like scrappy, every music writer uses scrappy, like me included. I'm not a music writer, but like it just, it makes sense. It's such a good adjective. Yeah. Yes. See, correct. I don't, I don't know my grammar. <laughs> you really don't. I really don't. <laughs> I can I share an anecdote? Sure. I remember going through university and having you having you go through and edit my assignments. Whoops, I'm revealing that you edited my assignments. No, you proofread them. I proofread them. You didn't write anything for me. But Well, like editing doesn't mean I rewrite things. Like it means no. I rewrite things as appropriate, but Yeah. Yeah. So you proofread and it got to a point where you're like is there some way that you can learn? Yeah. Your grammar? <laughs> I was kind of just like, my guy, like, you need to... You were getting real sick of... I think... And I get it. Well, it's that thing, it's like, it's like if, um, I don't know, like, you, if you worked at, like, a Subway or something, and then you came home and I was like, oh, I'm really craving a sub, can you make me one? Yeah. Like, it's like, I've just done this at my job, and now I'm coming home. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, that's very mean of me, because so I need... I need to keep my skills fresh, so I should be happy to do it. But in the last year of um, in the last year of uni, I edited all my assignments. Yes, because I knew that you were very well fed up, and that's I don't want you to edit my manuscript. I just want you to read it. So. I do want to edit it, especially since you've had more writing experience. It's more like to me, like editing gets frustrating when it appears as if the original copy was written very hastily or like sloppily or like and like that's not a dig at you it's just in general like if you've at least sort of (laughs) attempted to correct but then there's things where it's just kind of like are you fucking kidding me (laughs) yeah and that's a very awful elitist way to look at it but it's just that sort of thing like really (laughs) i could also understand because the further along I get, the longer the assignments had to get. Yes. So, so <laughs> yeah. it started off with 500 word short stories, and then eventually it was like 2,000, 3,000 word assignments. I'm, I would also hand it off to you, and then I'd put on something to play. And so I'm having fun, or I'm watching yeah. something fun, and you're <laughs> sitting there basically doing... Hunched over the laptop. Doing my homework. 
But then, like, that's so unfair because I used to do the exact same thing to Dad. I'd get him to read all of my essays before I handed them in. So it's just like... so. But you're reading them to him. So you're both involved in that. Yeah. I wasn't I wasn't involved. I don't know. Besides, I... like, you know, coming up with the idea and writing everything and whatnot. I don't know. It's, yeah. It's a stupid thing because it's like, anyway. But would you still say this is a very scrappy song? Absolutely, I would. I... Yeah, I really like it. I like that it's... I'm getting to the point where it's like, I need things to be short. I don't know. I I think my favourite part is when it comes in with the chorus. The love will find a way. Yeah. I um, I don't know. It just kind of comes in and it hits me. And it's like, yeah, love will find a way, guys. <laughs> now I'm going to get on my skateboard and I'm going to re-break my wrist. I'm going to do some sick grinds and ollies. Can you name any other moves besides grind and ollie? No. Nah. You have kick flip, heel flip, shove it. Shove it? Shove it. Why? Why is it called shove it? I don't know. Anyway. Why Why do they have a move called stalefish, melon, Japan air? I don't know. Christ air? Well, because you look like Christ when you do it. That's pretty... Anyway. Do you know how I know all of this? Tony Hawk? Tony Hawk. <laughs> I feel like we should absolutely get Tony Hawk on the podcast. Tony Hawk, if you're listening to this podcast, I challenge you... To Tony Hawk's, I want to say Pro Skater 4 or Underground. One of those two I was amazing at. That was my game. Yeah. So, so Tony, I challenge you to Tony. Yes. Yeah. That's how it's pronounced. Um, no, I give it a, I give it a hell yeah. Listen to, listen to both of these songs. Um, Either way, you're either going to have, like, if you listen to the cover first, it's going to be a bit of a build-up and then a come-down with the with the, the, the original. Or yeah. if you do it the other way around, then you have that sort of, like, leading up to it. And then it has, like, this, you know, really fast crescendo. Yeah. Is crescendo the right word? I think so. Yeah. I just, yeah, no, I, I really, I really dig it, man. Yeah. Rad. Rad. <laughs> um... Yeah, to, like I said, like this to me is punk goes at its finest in terms of fulfilling the brief. Like, I came here to listen to punk covers and this and, is what I'm getting. And this is what we're getting. And this might be, it might be the closest to a sort of like, I don't want to say genuine punk song. Well, at least that we've encountered so far. Yeah, I mean, Strung Out was pretty was pretty good but like it was yeah it had a different sort of sound to this um yeah like the mxpx version of um of heaven is a place on earth mm. was pretty close yeah yeah and look to be fair we're at what episode seven so yeah i'm sure we will probably say that a handful more times over the course of the next what five years yeah <laughs> oh god <laughs> Um, we have no idea what we've, we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. We should have just done that office podcast because we would have only, it would have only taken four years. Oh, look, we might as well just commit. As we decided, as you suggested and we decided, we might like put the Christmas songs, like a few in an episode. Yeah. And yeah. We'll be releasing Smash those. those guys out. We'll be releasing those, obviously, around about Christmas time. Yeah. Yeah. Because why would you be doing Christmas songs in May? Oh, who knows? <laughs> well, what do you reckon? Hell yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. 
Yeah, why not? It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do we want to look at other covers or... Uh, yeah. Well, the problem with this song is that I looked at the other covers and the other covers are kind of uninspired. They're all wigwags. You're using the term? Sure. I am. Oh, don't turn this back on me. I very gently suggested to Sam that I wasn't a fan of his wigwags being white girls with guitars. Acoustic guitars. Also, do you call it gently saying it when you say that it's annoying? Well, how am I meant, like, I just sort of said, hey, like, I find the term a bit annoying. Yeah. (laughs) But it's not like I was saying, like, get that shit out of this podcast immediately. Like... And so then Sam proceeded to get sad about it. You're damn right I got sad. Which, it's understandable, and then I felt like a massive dick. So now I am trying to be like, you know what, if it's important to you, then we will use it. It's not really that important to me, though. So then why did you get so sad? (laughs) Because it came across more as I'm annoying. No! Not that that's annoying. No. But anyway, yeah, wigwags. It has a lot of them. Yeah. Um... I don't know how you'd say white dude with acoustic guitar. Um, mm. Widwag. Yeah. There's lots of that. Or just white guys with guitars. Okay, yeah, so, what, so it's still a wigwag. Yeah. Um, so we're actually not going to play other covers this week because it just, it wasn't that song that has lots of interesting, anything interesting really to play. You know, and that's, that's a, uh, product of the song the song i guess needs to be more worldwide yeah to have to have other people go okay i can do something different with this it doesn't really venture too far from the original yeah so in a way the cover that we're talking about the 10 foot pole cover is the most interesting cover that we found and the most prominent buff coral does not do a cover of this and I'm sad. I'm sure if you suggested it, he would. But also, he's got other things to focus on. So yeah, I like don't want to interrupt. Like his perfect abs. He's so great. I love him. What I a keep. Legend. I keep watching his videos, and I keep just being happy watching yeah. his videos. Um. So yeah, do your homework for next week. Chalkline strike anywhere from Punkos Acoustic. Uh. Wiggity waggity, don't stop the zappity boppity. We're still working on a sign off, is what Sam is trying to say. If anyone has any suggestions for a pithy little snappy sign off that we could use, send them in punkgoespod at gmail.com or we're on Twitter at punkgoespod, we're on Instagram at punkgoespod. Um, at the moment, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, which is obvious because that's the only way you probably are listening to us still. But hopefully that's changed by now. Anyway, this is very boring and escalating poorly. That doesn't even make sense. Where punk goes pod and this is and where punk he- goes off. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Are you still recording? Yeah. <laughs>